thank you for listening in to our prayer cast from AfriChrist Prayer Ministries, the ministry that reaches out to the busy person, the millennials, the professionals of all fields, and to the underchurched, uh, often unreached people. We believe the scripture that says that the steps of a righteous person are ordered of the Lord. We also believe, just like Jesus did, and the disciples, Paul and the prophets of old, that our prayers should have impact every time. And so we believe in praying with impact in our ministry. Jesus never prayed a prayer that failed, and he never sent out a command that didn't achieve its intended purpose. He prayed and commanded with words of impact. We are confident that the Bible-based prayer principles that we teach never fail. The Bible says that God's word never comes back to him void. If our prayers are initiated of the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, then they will never come back void to us. We would appreciate if you recommend our prayer cast to your friends. Uh, we would also appreciate if you recommend our app, Afri Christ, to your friends. This app can be downloaded from the Apple App Store and also the Google Play Store, and it reaches out to people like you. Thank you once again, and may God bless you as you're listening. Today we are going to be looking at a grateful heart. And so um, everything that we do today is going to point to a grateful heart. And we want to show you that when you have a grateful heart, your prayers will be answered. Now you're going to see how a life can be transformed by prayer. Now I just want you also to realize that this prayer is not necessarily the ones that you pray, but there could be intercessed prayer from somebody else. It could be your mother, your friend, your pastor, or whoever it may be, your grandmother, and in my case, you're going to see a series of people who prayed for me, and that's where my life is right now. Now, remember one thing. We all stand on the shoulders of many. Caleb is my spirit today. I feel like Caleb because this particular podcast is to show my gratefulness to the Lord for how he has used me all these years because this is my birthday podcast, okay, for 2021. Now, I'll explain to you where we're going with this. In thanking God for another milestone of my life, I stand on the encouraging words of Caleb in Joshua 14. At 85 years old, Caleb was ready to get started again. Can you imagine 85 years old and he said he was ready to get started? He reminded Joshua of God's promise to Joshua and Caleb 45 years before. This is what Caleb said in Joshua 14, 10, 12. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. Even while Israel wandered in the wilderness, today I am 85 years old and I am as strong as I was when Moses sent me on that journey and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. So you see, he's coming to collect on prayers. He's coming to collect on God's word. When you come to collect on God's word, God pays his debt. God promised Joshua and Caleb certain things. Joshua was already in his ministry of being the leader. Caleb followed that and came and reminded Joshua who is his leader right now, even though they went out there and, and scanned the land, both of them, he knows that God chose Joshua as his leader. But he promised him also for being faithful and coming back and reporting.
supporting things that did not um, discourage God's people, God says, I'll give you a certain piece of land. And that's what this man is coming to collect. And so he said he's very ready to receive and work to maintain it now. He said he felt stronger at 85 than he felt at 45. You know, 45 years ago, myself, I was a young 20-year-old, okay, with lots of hopes and aspirations. I was fresh in a new country, you know, when I was 19 years old. And so it's now 45 years, similar to Caleb, okay? And God, you know, has been faithful to me as he was for um, Caleb. And I am also ready to get started again. God has used me gainfully in these past uh, 45 years. And God has been faithful. That's all I can say. God has been faithful. And I am very grateful. So like Caleb, 45 years ago, God made a promise to me. I may not have noticed what that promise is at the time, but in retrospect, that's how good God is. He allows us to look back when we have the word and examine everything that has taken place. And in my life, I've been in the last month or so, looking back at the good things that the Lord has done in my life and asking him, what can I do with this? And the Lord was saying me, help other people to realize that I'm doing the same thing in their lives. They can go back and retrospectively look at their lives, and then they can really chronicle what is happening in their life. And it doesn't matter where they are now, they can start off from there, because God is able, because they that wait upon the Lord, they will uh, you know, fly like eagles, okay? And they will not lose their strength. They will be strengthened even further. You see, I am grateful to God Almighty for his love and his provision. For all he has taken me through up to where I am now, I feel strong and healthy. You know, for all my family, I thank him. For my parents, I thank him. For my relatives, I thank him. For my friends from every continent on earth, I thank God. And I do have those friends. Many of them I've never seen. Many of them are like you who is listening to this podcast. I may never even meet you here, but I know we shall meet someday when we are before the Lord, okay? I am just getting started. Don't forget, I'm here to encourage you also. Don't feel that you're down, you're sick, you can't do this, you're not educated, you're not nothing. No, it doesn't matter. To God, that's nothing because with God, all things are possible. He can lift you up right now, wherever you are and whatever you're doing and change the course. You know what he said? He said that um, his word says that, hey, I'll straighten the crooked path before you. Okay. See, those crooked paths are paths that we make ourselves, but he is willing to straighten them up for you so that you can go the straight path. Okay. Instead of wandering around in the desert, he can let you go to the promised land of your life. It doesn't matter where you are now. God is able, okay? I myself, I'm just getting started. I feel in my spirit, the Caleb spirit, okay? Thanks for all your wishes and prayers. Those who sent me wishes for the uh, my birthday this year because I've been keeping away from the internet so that I just concentrate on what God would put in me to help somebody else out there, to encourage another person. I've just been in touch with the Lord. I've had a few days off from my regular work, and all I've been is thinking back and forth what God wants me to say. And I really believe I got it today, and I'm going to uh, help you so that you can see that with prayer, God 
can change things. And many of those prayers have been prayed way before now. You may have forgotten them, but we shall see some scriptures where even Paul reminded Timothy not to forget those things that were prophesied over him. So whatever your parents may have said when you're a child and you may not even remember, they are still in action. Prayer never, never dies. It's always out there, okay? So now, I am very grateful myself. My dedication started with my grandmother, and then it went to my mother and my father and other relatives and friends. And I've had so many mentors in the world, in my secular world, and I'm very grateful. Okay, so everything I've done in life, I've had people on whom I have depended. No one is in a bubble by themselves. Some people try to think that they can do it. The only one I know that tried to say that to God was brought down. Remember, Lucifer said that, and I, he tried to exalt the I, but he forgot that the I am is God. There's only one I am. A lot of people may have a lot of money now. They may have a lot of power now. They may have a lot of degrees now. They may have a lot of even anointing. But God, even as we saw with soul, he can take away the anointing because it's for him to keep and us to use. So don't you think that because you've been anointed and you've been doing this and that, that it's yours. No, 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 no. It's for you to use and for God to keep. We have been lent things from the Lord that belong to him. Because guess what? Say, for example, you say, oh, I have the uh, anointing to uh, heal. Guess what? After you die, the anointing will be here for somebody else. That means it wasn't yours to take to the grave, okay? It belongs to the Lord. So whatever we are and whatever we have belongs to the Lord. And I'm going to try to show you in my simple life how God has used prayer of other people and myself to get me to where I am. I have a very grateful heart. I am very grateful to the Lord, okay? That's why the title of our podcast today is A Grateful Heart, How Prayer Shapes a Life. Because prayer of many people, including myself, has shaped my life. Now, what I've done is I've organized this in a table, okay? First, I have two theme scriptures, and then I give a short background of those theme scriptures, how they are going to uh, make sense to, to, to our podcast today, then from there I shall move on. Now, you can get these theme scriptures on our prayer blog, and it's prayingwithimpact.com. I'm going to post them as soon as I post this uh, podcast so that you can maybe follow through with them even as I'm going through this podcast with you. But uh, for those who want to follow, now, if you don't, if you have some people who are very good at following, you know, spoken word, you can just listen to me. But I'm hoping and I'm praying and I've prayed that I'll be clear so that I'm able to help you. It's just going to show you because my life has been a life of God working uh, on something that's uh, incomplete. I am incomplete. I'm not where I want to be. God is continually, continually turning the pot and making it smoother here. There are bumps here and there, okay? And that's how our lives are. Now, I have the two promised scriptures that I promised. One of them is my favorite. Those who listen to me for a while know exactly where I'm going. This scripture is Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this. It's a promise from God. So these two scriptures are promised scriptures. These are the ones which are going to set our theme for today. 
The first one being Jeremiah 29:11 which goes for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future so you see God is saying that if I send you somewhere if I send you to do something I am not intending to harm you you may even go through the fires but it will not burn you you go through uh, the waters but they will not drown you that's where this comes in because he's not there to harm you he lets you go through all these things so that his name will be glorified in the end so that his word will be accomplished in your life now the other one is the contemplative scripture that I'm calling it contemplative you know like selah in the psalms you you see the word selah which means stop and think about it in other words contemplate what you're reading and this is my contemplative scripture it is in 1 Samuel 1 verse 11 but we shall also see it later on in 1 Samuel 10 and you see where I'm going with this now the first one is going to be We are talking about Hannah. She didn't have a child and she prayed to God in the temple that Lord give me a man child. And then she made a promise to God. Remember the first promise was God to us. Now she's promising God back, okay? 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 11 and it says this. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant but give her a son, then I'll give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. This child ended up being Samuel. Now, that name Samuel, let it not be just in the book of Samuel and let it not just be Samuel in the Bible, but let's think about Samuel, the one right now speaking to you, myself, because I'm going to tell you a story on this to see the background of that scripture. Then also later on I'll be reading 1 Samuel 10 so you see where that comes in as we get to that part but for now the theme is Samuel being prayed for as a child to come by the mother who was barren okay I want to tell you something about myself and that scripture my grandmother the mother of my father died at 24 my father was about 5 6 something like that okay so that means that my grandmother had my father when she was either 18 or 19 i don't remember because i don't know how old she was i know how old my father was he was born in 1928 so that one was easy but for her i don't have a date now my father is also going to be with the lord okay so my father used to tell us of a story how he knew the first chapter of samuel before he was 10 years old he could just recite it because before his mom died she for some reason was telling him to memorize it a little child at that age she would read and then ask him what did i say she would read and then go on to the next verse until he'd memorize it now you may say that's too harsh or too much for a child no it's not other religions like um islam little kids go to these classes and they memorize the quran by the time they are 12 they can go through the whole Quran just recited so it's possible for the brain to do all that so my grandmother was making my dad recite first samuel chapter 1 my father didn't know why never found out why because my grandmother died shortly after he basically memorized it she died when she was 24 25 he was about 
six, okay? So he never found out. And it bothered him all his life. But he knew this chapter even to the point when he was dying. He knew it because my dad visited me and he told me the story one more time. So what happened is my father was always wondering in all his life, why, why, why? But he knew the chapter. He could recite the story. He may not have said verse 1, verse 2 is this, but he knew the chapter. He knew it well all through his life. So now here I come to be born. I was the second son to my father and mom. And so my father, for some reason, all of a sudden, it came back to him. He said, you know, I want to name this boy Samuel. But my father had a brother who they were very, very close. He was close to all his siblings. But this older brother, he was very close to him. And so the older brother was like, let's name your son uh, by my first name. And my father said, no, I want to name him Samuel. We were Anglican church. Anglicans baptize babies and like many other Christian religions do. And so when they took me to the church to be baptized, uh, the Anglican priest asked, hey, uh, what's the boy's name? And my father and my uncle who was there also, they said, you know what, we've had a disagreement here. We have these two names, but we can only use one of them. So the guy says, okay, does someone have a hat? Then they wrote down the different names and they wrote them on a piece, pieces of paper. They put them in the hat. And then they told my mother to pick for the first name. She had to pick for the middle name and, of course, my last name. And guess what? She picked Samuel for the first name. She picked my uncle's name for the middle name. And, of course, I had my father's name as well. So as you can see, I had this prayer of my grandmother and my uncle and my father fulfilled at my naming. Well, I knew a little of the story but never put nothing scripture to it because I didn't know the Bible anyway. So anyway, we go on, we move on. And then here in America, and my dad came to visit. I had already had my children. I was married. I had all my kids, two boys, two girls. And one day, as he was visiting, we had a visiting evangelist. This evangelist was at my house, a good friend of mine. He stayed with us for a few days while at the same time my dad was here. We would wake up early in the morning and go down in the basement to pray. And so one time my father woke up, and I think it was like 5 in the morning, I don't remember, 5 or 6. He heard us pray. And he was wondering. And then he came down the stairs. We didn't see him until he was right at the door at the basement. And he looked. That's when that second part of the scripture came through. And I'm going to read it to you. Then I'll explain. First Samuel 10 verse 5 through 12. And this is what it says. After that you shall come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place, stringed instrument, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them. And they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands. For God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I shall come down to you to offer a burnt offering and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. 
So it was when he, when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them. And it happened when all knew, who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets that the people said to one another, What is this? that has come upon the son of Kish, is Saul also among the prophets? Then the man from there answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it came to be a proverb, Is Saul among the prophets? So I want you to watch that. Is Saul among the prophets? And as you can see, also Samuel had told Saul that you will be changed. Okay, when you are among those people, the prophets. My father, when he came down in the basement at that time, pointed that uh, verse out to us. In fact, in my Bible, I circled it and put the date when he said that. Then he explained to us what he means. So he went back to tell us how I came to be named Samuel because of his mom in the story that I told you. And then he said, now, in the meantime, as he grew up, that other part of First Samuel chapter 10 kind of stayed in his heart with the same question. Me or my children are going to be among the prophets? And he said in the back of his heart, he knew that one of his children or all of his children will be out there spreading the word of God. He just didn't know. He couldn't connect the two until that day when he came to the basement. He found me with this evangelist and we were praying. We were praying and he just stood there in the door. We didn't notice him until after a while. And when I looked up, my father has you know, tears coming down his cheeks and he was saying, now I know my son is among the people who preach the gospel. He said, now I know why my mother wanted me to memorize the first book of Samuel. And now I know why I named you Samuel. Now you have answered my question because now I see you among people who take the gospel. That is a prayer being fulfilled. You may not see it as a prayer, but you know, let me put it this way. When people go to court and they address the judge, do you notice the language they use? Sometimes they say, I pray your honor that this may be blah, blah, blah. But then he speaks. He doesn't kneel down and start praying. No. But praying is a way of communication with a judge or someone who has the authority to, to judge or to pass judgment or to send or to whatever, to verify a judgment. God is our judge. And when we pray, we are going to the judge of all things. He judges everything and he's a fair judge. He looks at everything fairly and then he dishes out what his will is, okay? So now my father's prayer in Samuel, my grandmother's prayer was being answered. My father now understood it, okay? Now I'm going to try to speed up, but that was just the backdrop of the story and I know it's, it's taken a while, but Without that, you can you cannot understand the rest of it, okay? Because don't forget, this podcast is to show how grateful I am to the Lord for my life. And one of the greatest things I'm grateful for is the way he has given me the opportunity to use this podcast to reach people all around the world. Our greatest download so far has been the download on the blood of Jesus. 
we have had over 264,000k downloads on just one platform alone okay so i know it's been touching people the blood of jesus now let us go into these scriptures to show how prayer can shape your life my life anyone's life okay now the first block i want to look at is that of the divine character we have to remember the divine character the person we are dealing with is god his word never comes back void to him uh, if we read uh, lamentations chapter 3 verse 23 to 24 it says great is his faithfulness his mercies are new and fresh every morning what does that show us that we are dealing with a divine character who is great in faithfulness god is always faithful in fact in second timothy 2:3 tells us that if we are unfaithful he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is that is him that is who god is that is his divine character a uh, faithfulness when you go to him he will be faithful to his word that's why it's important to pray based on his word his word straightens out our prayers to fit into his will don't worry how it works just ask the holy spirit he will guide you into the right word sometimes it may not sound like it's the word you should be reading but believe me it works god is faithful and his faithfulness is not dependent on us is dependent on his word that's one of the divine characters that you learn from prayer he is faithful then the other thing about how prayer has shaped my life is having selfless prayer people who have selfless prayer people who pray for other people people who intercede for others even as jesus interceded for us always have their prayers answered because god wants those who are selfless Jesus is selfless. The Bible tells us that even to this day he is still interceding for us on the right hand of the Father. Uh, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. I urge you first of all to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Have a grateful heart to thank God for somebody else. That's a grateful heart. that's selfless act of intercession when you are grateful to god you find yourself interceding for other a grateful heart intercedes okay so that's another characteristic that you're going to get when you start to be a praying person then the other thing is you have to know that regardless of trials and tribulations we can overcome anything when you have a grateful heart a grateful heart squashes any trials and tribulations that may come your way Okay, let's read James uh, chapter 1 verse 2 through 4. It says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when, you, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing okay trials and tribulations are an opportunity for us to show the handiwork of god in our lives and in the lives of people it could be your children could be your friends could be on the job it doesn't matter with god all things are possible trials come especially people who are, are parenting others 
people who may have a sick person, people who may have a wayward person, even people who may have someone in their family intercede for them. That's why he says here, I urge you first of all to pray for all people. I urge you first of all, before you put your own need out there, intercede for others, okay? That's a grateful heart. That's how you overcome trials and tribulations, even in your very lives. Because when you do that, when you intercede, God takes care of yours. You know, a good example is Job. You remember at the very end of Job's suffering, the Bible says that, and when Job prayed for his friends, his, his life changed. Things flipped because he started praying for his friends. He had been praying for himself all along. The Bible says that every morning when he started interceding, for his friends, who had been many of them mocking and attacking him, the Bible says that he got back more than what he had before, okay? So then the other thing that prayer helps to shape your life is maintain a mode of praise and positive expectation despite the mood at the time or all the time. What do I mean? The difference between mood and mode, okay? Mood is transitory it's only happening you know it's, it's for a while you're angry for a while you're happy for a while okay while mode is the character is the manner in which you deal with life be prayerful all the time that's why the uh, the bible says that do not cease praying it doesn't mean you're always on your knees yes you could but it means that be in a prayer mode it's like a car you can either have it in park reverse or forward which is D. So when you put it in D, it drives forward. Be in that kind of mode moving forward. Don't go back. Don't look back. Don't be like Lord's wife who looked back and became a pillar of salt. Don't become a pillar of salt because as we know, the characteristics of salt, pour water on it, it will melt away. Let me tell you, when you become a pillar of salt, you are easy prey for the devil. He will pour water on you you can't do anything, things will get worse. When I was in college, when everything was crazy in my home country, Uganda, my father couldn't send me any money during Idi Amin's time. He told me one day that, you know what, you need to drop out because I don't have any more money. And, and I had two brothers in college here and two sisters in high school. And he says, drop out. And I was so down. And I remember crossing the college campus going to the library to study because I only had one more semester to go. And I had no money. I had nothing. And as I went to the library to study, all these colleges were surrounding this area called the mall. So you could see the College of Engineering, College of Business, College of whatever on each side of this mall or this area. Okay. And so I went to the library and the Lord just in my spirit, the Lord said, well, you either give up or you be positive and go to the library and study. So I went to the library. When I got to the library, I still didn't get enough strength to study because of what I had just received. And remember, in those days, it wasn't like a cell phone call. No, 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 no. It was snail mail. And that mail was like a month old before it got to me. And so anyway, I go to the library and I pick up the school newspaper and I started to look through it passing time. Then I looked on the back. There were the ads. And there was a small ad. Now, we are already almost towards the end of, uh, in the middle of this term, okay? My, my college, I was 
in College of Pharmacy needed to pay. And I look and I see this ad. Scholarship. Donor decides to give a graduating senior something like that. And I said, wow. But when I read it was for the College of Engineering because this guy was an engineer who graduated from the school and he wanted it to be just for engineering students. And I was like, oh, well, that's not for me. I'm out. Now, as I was crossing back the same mall, going back to class, then the Holy Spirit told me, go and apply for that scholarship. I went and I told this lady, oh, I seen in the school uh, newspaper this ad about uh, a scholarship. And she says, well, okay, sure. She gave me the paperwork and I filled it out and I wrote a little story, whatever they wanted out there. And then she looked at it. As she was looking at it, uh, she looked and it said, I'm in pharmacy school. She says, oh, I'm so sorry. This is for engineering students. And she explained to me why. And in the meantime, I was saying, but yeah, but I need the money. I need blah, blah, blah. I told her my story. And then you know what she did? She says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Give me that application. I can't turn it in. And then the door of the dean of engineering was open. This was his secretary. And he heard the conversation. So he stood up and came up and asked, and say, hey, young man, what's going on? And I told him my story. He looked at me, he looked at me, and then he said, you know what? I want you to do this. We're having this meeting on Thursday. This was a Tuesday with this donor. And he had asked all these students to write an essay about an engineering project. I know you are not in engineering and you don't have a project to write about. And he said, but I want you to do this. I want you to go to your dean and ask him to give a recommendation and then bring it back here and I'll see what we can do. I'll talk to them for you. I ran to the dean. The dean, when I told him, actually told the secretary to write as he spoke. I sat there and I listened and she got done, gave me the letter. I ran back to the engineering college and gave it to them. When I gave it to them, he took the letter. I think he was wondering how quickly I got it from the dean. Friday morning, I was in his office again. Because I know he had said they'll meet Thursday. And the man said, you know what? I don't know. But I presented him your case and told him the story and how you came and how the conversation you had with the secretary. And he said, give it to him. So he gave me the paperwork to fill. They paid my last semester of pharmacy school with an engineering scholarship. That's how God works. You have to believe, okay? Now, my mom, at the beginning of every term and every semester or whatever it was we used, she would bring us around her bed and we would pray. And her prayer was about, Lord, help my children to go to college, even go overseas. Competition was tough. But so many parents would wish for their children to go in other countries with other more opportunities. And that's what happened. That's how my mom used to pray. To pray that may my children go even overseas. Okay? That's the prayer of a praying mother. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith marinates what God gives you to pray over. It marinates over time. My mother's prayer was marinated since we were kids. She would pray almost the same prayer and would be sleeping, you know, laying on the bed. And But for her, she would pray. Prayer works, people. When you're in the mode of prayer and have a spirit of gratitude, God recognizes that, okay? These are true stories. I got more. <laughs> you know, 
I first learned praying from my cousin. My cousin, who I really loved, was having these migraine headaches. I've told this before, okay? We were teenagers, and I couldn't take it because we were so close. Okay, we did everything together. We played together, and but she was having these migraines, and she would just pass out. And so one day, another girl says that, you know, uh, these migraines, it doesn't matter. God can heal. And this child, this other child, because we're all teenagers, said that there's a church called uh, St. Jude's Church. We were kind of doubtful, you know. So the next time she went, she brought a book. And the book, it was about St. Jude. I read that book. I read the different stories in there, how St. Jude... You know what? I didn't know anything about St. Jude. I didn't know much about prayer myself, nor did my cousin. But one of the things that we learned is importunity. And you know how we learned importunity in there? It was this way. The Catholic Church, and we were not Catholics, by the way. The Catholics believe in the novena. Novena basically is like praying nine periods. So if it's nine weeks, nine days, nine whatever. But my cousin and I figured, wait a minute. <laughs> Why pray for nine days? She will be dead from pain. Why don't we cut it short and pray nine hours? So in other words, once every hour for nine hours. And she was in big pain. But every hour we would go, we would kneel and pray. Ask God to heal her. And the whole day, that's all we did for nine hours. Guess what? Those migraines disappeared. She never had them again. And we were out there like, hey, it works. Now, the Catholics may use their method, but for me, I really believe it was because of importunity. Jesus tells of the parable of the judge. He, it's in Luke 18, 1 through 8. In there, we learned the importunity and persistence through this woman. Remember Jesus talks about the, uh, the judge, the woman went and bugged and bugged and bugged the judge, knocked on his door until the judge says, okay, he made a judgment in her favor. And then that's when Jesus says that, hey, if you who are unfaithful would give your children, you know, uh, this and that, how about your father? In other words, we learn to pray without ceasing through that situation because of uh, a beloved cousin who was having problems. Okay, so God is faithful. He will take you through whatever it is. Now, about the praying mother, if you read Second Corinthians uh, chapter five, verse seven, you know where it says, "We walk by faith, not by sight." That's what my mother would stand on, not what she had, but what she believed, and that's how we went through it to this day. To this day, I call my mom, and uh, she's very old now, and pray now. As soon as you say, let us pray, the first thing she says, our Father. And one thing I notice, she doesn't say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. No, she says, our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. Oh, that, that I did not grasp that until later on. For her, she's like, I don't have any, any other father. The only one I have is in heaven, not our father who is in heaven, as if I have two other fathers, three other fathers. No, she just says, our father in heaven. That's how she prays that prayer. That's how it works. That's how we got into some of the best schools in the country, and including our own children. That prayer still moves on. 
with our children. If I tell you where our children have been, what they have done in their young age before they are 29, you'd be amazed. But every time I look at it, it's because this continuum of prayer that we are still riding on. Is it been always easy? No. Sometimes it's rough. But that's why it says that in trials and tribulations, pray. You know, and so this is the life of a praying person. It will supersede all these trials and, 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 and tribulations. You know, when you are focused on God and what he can do, or when you're focused on where you are going because of what God has told you, all these things become irrelevant. I'll give you a real quick story. You know, my, my wife's grandmother was visiting us, and I had to fly back with her to Uganda. And when I, when we were flying, because for her, that was really like, flying was not part of her life until late in life, when she came to visit uh, some relatives. And then when it, she came to, when it came to go back, actually I was going back to Uganda with a bunch of pastors from here. And we were sitting like on all in a row across, you know, this huge plane. You can go right across. You see your friends this way and the other. And I was sitting next to Grandma Jaja. And, you know, Grandma, they had just passed us something to eat. And she had been hungry. And th- then the light came back on. And the pilot says that, oh, we're going to run into some turbulence. And so we ask that you put your seat belts on. You know how cool the pilots do and then say that so put your seat belts on and uh, uh, please uh, give all the um, uh, the, uh, the hostesses are going to come through and they're going to take the drinks and everything when they go to my wife's grandmother for her food she said uh-uh, I'm eating she refused to give back the plate and I, and I was like embarrassed I said Jaja please nope she would not give her plate so the plane started going up and down up and down, up and down. And everybody was like, <gasps> then I looked at grandma. She was busy eating her food. She had no worry at all. It goes up, it goes down, didn't care. And then I'm like, this lady is amazing. So, I mean, we were sweating. And then after a while, the plane settled down. And then, of course, after a while, the pilot comes back with this cool speech again. Yeah, we've been this. This has been one of the worst storms I've been through, but we have made it through this plane. And it starts to tell us about this plane, how it manages the storms. And I'm here thinking, oh, my God. Then I found out something why grandma had no issue with this storm. Grandma goes, oh, I didn't know there were bumps up here, too. I'm like, what? Too high. It was like bumps on the road. How many of you, when you bump in the road, go crazy? None. Because you know it's going to be for a while and you'll be right over on the other side. That's how grandma looked at the bumps. That's trials and tribulation when it comes when you are in the Lord. Those trials and tribulations become bumps in the air or bumps in the ground. It means absolutely nothing to God because he says... I'll straighten the crooked path before you. That is faith, okay? That's what prayer does to you. Now, another thing that has helped me with prayer is my wife. Now, before I tell you a little about my wife and I, let me tell you about the difference between 
the power of being in one accord and the power of unity okay you can be in unity and not be in one accord say for example you can be in unity in one family but you are not in one accord in one church you may not be in one accord in one denomination you may not be in one accord now the difference between that is this one accord just like it was in the um, uh, new testament uh, book of acts Uh, when the Holy Spirit came down on the disciples in the upper room, the Bible says that they were all in one accord. They had been in unity with Jesus, but as when Jesus left, he said, you send him a helper. But that helper can only come between us or for us when we are in one accord. And so find someone with whom you can be in one accord. It could be your spouse, it could be your friend, or people, a group of people. But I'll say this based on the story I'm going to give you in the Bible. When you are in one accord, you are inviting Jesus in your boat. And when you do that, you are using hashtag Holy Spirit, or it's like texting the Holy Spirit, okay? So I'm going to read you this chapter 4 of Mark, verse 35, and then I'll tell you a story about being in one accord and the power of Jesus being in the boat with you. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion or pillow. The disciples woke up, woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the, uh, to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why were you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They said. They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. So you see here, one of the things that you're going to notice is that the Bible says that there were other people in other boats. And then the other thing you're going to notice also, they asked themselves, who is he? Now don't forget, they had been with Jesus all this time, but they still didn't know him. You can be in church all the time and you may not know Jesus, or in prayer all the time, but never invite Jesus in the boat. You have to invite Jesus in the boat. But don't ever forget that there are all other people in other boats. They are watching. They are not with Jesus. They are outside of his boat and they are chasing after Jesus, but they are not in the same boat. But even those in the same boat, they didn't know who he was. So you can imagine those people out there in those other boats, the naysayers, the ones who want to see your demise, the ones who are waiting to cheer on when you fall. They are going to be out there. Don't worry about them. We've had them. Every one of us has had them. Our family has had them. They want to see, oh, let's see how they're going to navigate this storm now. Let's see if they're going to do it. But you know what? With Jesus, all things are possible. Just invite him in the boat. Hashtag the Holy Spirit. Text the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see Jesus saying to your storm, be still and know that I am God. So a life underguarded by prayer is always going to have Jesus standing in the storm of their lives saying, be still and know that I am God. Don't be discouraged. Keep praying. 
Remember the prayers that have been prayed over you, especially by those people in authority over you or your parents, and you will see God do wonders. One of the first things he said to them, don't you have faith? And then the other thing that the Bible says is that he was sleeping on a cushion, on a pillow. And then they asked him, don't you care? Now, you may be in a situation where you have trials and temptations, okay, as the Bible says, and it looks like God is not in the picture. God is nowhere to be seen. But, you know, if you know that Jesus is in the boat, you should be okay. You should calm down because the storm is going to cool. Uh, Many times we have faced those kind of things in our lives. And in my family, we have nevertheless, every time, we go through that for some reason we remember a story when our children were young we used to have these bible studies uh just before they go to sleep we would pick up a verse or a story we read it to them and then explain what's going on so one time my wife was with the children going to bed and uh, she read them the story uh, of mark 4 35 through 41. after reading the story one of our young girls said to um, to my wife but mom Why were they worried when Jesus was in the boat? That question has been in our family for a long time. When things happen to us, we ask ourselves, did we invite Jesus in the boat? The girls said, why were they worried when Jesus was in the boat? And even when Jesus confronted his disciples, the thing he said was, why are you afraid? Basically, she finished his sentence for him. That don't you know I'm in the boat? So my friend, your situation, your trials and temptations, whatever they may be, don't be afraid. Everything will be all right. Just hang in there. Jesus is in the boat. And you have hashtagged the Holy Spirit. You have texted the Holy Spirit. Here are these disciples in the boat. Jesus had to bring them in one accord through a storm. Sometimes we need to go through a storm for us to be in the same area of faith as we ought to be. So for them here, they had to be in one accord by Jesus' rebuke. Sometimes the trials and temptations may be a rebuke, not to you in person, but about your unbelief that Jesus is able to take you through. So that's a story of intercession. That's a story of praying that we taught our children. My wife taught our children through that story, but it ended up being a story for me to tell also and for the family to examine every so often. Okay, so now you've been waiting to see when or how I met my wife. I first met my wife when we were 13 years old in high school. A toothless teenager who was scared of girls and she was a straight-up religious girl who thought every boy was being harassed by the devil and needed to be saved. And for 14 years, we went our separate ways on three different continents, and we met again, and we've been married for 32 years. Okay, so here is the story. There was nothing going on between her and I, but we were in the same classroom for four years, high school. Then for me, I went, came to America, went to college, she went to Germany, then Canada, and then went to uh, California. Then one day, one day, I was visiting some people who I didn't even know. But because of a friend with whom I went to Canada to a conference, he convinced me. He said, no, there's no way I can stay in a hotel when we have these friends. I even went to school with one of them. 
you know, with a lady. So I said, okay. He convinced me and I said, but you know what? I'm going to take my backpack with me and I'll sleep on the floor. As soon as I get tired, I'll ask a place and I'll lay out my sleeping bag. And I said, I'm tired. Can I go to sleep? Show me where I can put my sleeping bag. And the lady said, no, 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 no. We made a bed for you upstairs. And I said, no, 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 no. That's okay. She said, no, we made a bed upstairs. When I went upstairs, before going to sleep, I said, God, give me a scripture to help me. And he gave me Psalm 139, where it says, I know when you lay down, I know where you are. That God knows every place we are. And I laid down, and I wrote it down. I wrote the date. I was, I was good. Don't forget, these were not the days of Google. So you write everything down to remind you of certain scriptures. And I wrote it down. Conference, we went conference Saturday. Sunday, as we were planning to go back, to drive back to the U.S., guess what? I saw a picture on the wall. And I say, hey, I know that girl. We went to school together. And the lady of the house said, that's my cousin. I say, what? Do you? Yeah, she's in California. And this lady, Becky, she's a deal maker. Before I knew it, she had a number written down. She said, oh, and she's not married. And then she writes this number down, puts it in my pockets, makes sure it's deep down, and I pretended I didn't want it. Guess what? After about a month or so, I said, let me call this number. I called the number. Somebody answered, and I said, man, why didn't she tell me this lady is married? I don't want to be a spoiler. What kind of deal is this? The guy said, oh, she's not here. And I'm thinking, whoa, that sounds like an old man, too. Two weeks, maybe, I don't remember. I called again. This time, she picked up the phone. And then I, we talked, and we talked. Then I was trying to figure out, is this her husband? Trying to figure these things out, you know? Then I said, eventually she says, oh, no, 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 I stay with this old couple. I'm like, oh. Then we started talk for months and months. We became friends. Again, friends deeper. Well, the rest is history. That's a story for another day. By the grace of God, we've been married 32 years and we have two boys and two girls. She knew the Lord in high school. I didn't. But I remember asking her in this conversation, are you still born again? And she said, but of course. And I said, wow. Then I said, guess what? I am born again too. She hung up. As far as I know, her own story says, after that she called her good girlfriend and said, hey, that guy who's been calling, let's continue fasting. The rest is history. And it's not for this day, but it's prayer. That's what prayer does. It marinates relationships when you don't know. God is that good in our lives. To me, my wife is Proverbs 18.22. And many of us know it. This is what it says. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure or a good thing. And he receives favor from the Lord. Keep praying for your spouse to come. Keep praying for the future spouses of your children. They may not appear the way you think, but if you have been praying, the marination is taking place. God knows what he's doing. Jeremiah 29, 5-7 says this, Build homes and plant to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you 
into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Pray for the country you are in. Pray for the job you are working at, because its welfare will determine your welfare. Be an ambassador of the Lord. Finally, why all these prayers come to pass? Why all these things get to be done? Remember the Bible says in John 12:32, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It's all about drawing men unto Jesus. Love people. Don't get involved in these silly arguments, this silly hate-filled argument. Don't use God to hate others. Lift Jesus up so he can draw all men unto himself. Because Jesus, in his last instruction to us, what we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. At AfriChrist, we believe in to go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. We go tell it on the mountain, on the street, and on the internet everywhere. That's what AfriChrist Prayer Ministries does. You also have a life that God has given you in whatever it is. Hey, I'm in the healthcare industry, but I minister to God's people. I love on people. Make peace wherever it's possible with you. I always tell people it's hard to pray with people you fight and very hard to fight with people you pray with. Keep praying, people. Let the Lord reflect on you. When I was setting up this podcast, the Lord gave me a little song part of which I used as my jingle for this podcast. I want you to listen to it. And listen to the last part. Let God be reflected in you. Become the reflection of God. So listen to it. You're like a circle that floats around me Keeping me safe and sound And when I fall, you tied a rope to me You're blessing me every day You hear that? She was down like a sparrow with uh, clipped wings. But now she's reflecting. Reflect God to people and your prayers will be answered. The prayers of your mother will be answered. That's why Timothy was reminded by Paul that do not forget the prayers and the prophecies that were said upon your life by your aunt, your mother, your grandmother. So now, the same thing to you. When you start to love people, when you start to reflect God, those prayers that you may not have been there or you may have forgotten that someone prayed for you, a man on the street says, hey, bless you, young man. Let me tell you, that's a prayer. Bless, bless, only God can bless. And in the time when you need God to bless you, when you reflect God in the way you deal with people, guess what? You will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your parents will be blessed. Your nation will be blessed. And everybody around you will be blessed. You will be a blessing. That's what it means to be a blessing. Reflecting God. Okay, now I'm done. It's been a little longer. But I pray that I have brought you in that mode of prayer. You don't have to pray for 29 hours 
but unless you're called to Jesus <laughs> Jesus told those people that hey my people will fast when I'm gone leave them alone they are with me sometimes when you are with Jesus you may not be doing all those things that everybody wants you to do but guess what you will be with Jesus uh, in the book of acts people saw these people doing all these kind of things they say but these were unlearned men but we notice they had been with Jesus being with Jesus does more than praying to Jesus as you see it yes this ministry is about prayer but that's what i mean stay in the mode of prayer reflect god in the things that you do in the way you deal with people praise the lord thank you for listening in this ministry is to encourage you to stay in the mode of prayer. I'm going to pray and then I'll do what we usually do. We see our download kings for the last 14 days. That I cannot miss because it encourages me myself and please when wherever you listen to us subscribe so that you get these messages uh automatically when we produce a new one because you may forget and we may forget to send you a reminder. Father in the name of Jesus we come before you Lord we thank you Father for showing us how prayer even when we are not aware is being marinated in our hearts in our spirits to do the things that you have called us to do Father I pray in the name of Jesus that every listener to my voice today that they will understand the power of praying with impact Father let them remember the prayers that their mothers their fathers their friends their grandmothers prayed upon them if they do but even if they don't father help them to be faithful to the call that you have called them to be or to do in their lives father i pray in the name of jesus that those who have had a hard time finding you or those who don't know how to find you you be true to your word when you say that i'll straighten the crooked path before you and I'll shatter the brown, bronze doors that uh that are holding you and I'll cut the iron bars father the iron bars indicate jail sometimes we in a jail that we do not understand in a prison we do not understand cut those iron bars in these people's lives father father the bronze doors that look like they can't go through them they don't have the power to shatter them you said that you will shatter the bronze door before them father and those crooked paths that you're going to straighten them up straighten them up lord because it's not by might not by power but by your spirit that this is done father i thank you for what you have done in my life all this time father All these years father you have upheld me you have lifted me up oh god i come to you even with my brothers and sisters who are listening father in the name of jesus give us the strength of of caleb the positivity of caleb lord father i pray for those who are sick who are ill those who are looking for income lord those who are looking for well-being of one way or another those who are willing or are wanting to repair relationships father that you may touch them that you may hear their prayers oh god repair those things that need to be repaired in their lives and in the lives of their loved ones father father we pray in the name of jesus lord that you shatter every dividing spirit that divides people in the name of jesus whether by race whether by gender whatever it may be father in families father we pray in the name of jesus that you bring people together you make no errors there is a reason why you put certain people in this place and certain people in that place certain people in one family and then another in another family Father we thank you we thank you for all those who adopt children lord children who have been abused father bringing them together as one family showing them and reflecting god to them 
Father, in the name of Jesus, let us be a people who reflect you in our lives, Father. I pray for all those who think that they are at the end of their lives. They can't do this or the other. Father, I know you are reassigning me, not retiring me. So in the name of Jesus, I pray for others in the same age group as I am, that instead of them feeling retired, let them feel rehired and rerouted. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, we glorify you, and we lift up your name so you can draw all men unto you. Be glorified. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. And so, my friend, I thank you for listening in. It's been a little longer, but I pray that my birthday gift to you has blessed you as it has blessed me. Now, our download kings for the last 14 days. Ooh, United States is back up on top. But guess what? India is back with a vengeance. It's number two on our list. Then Canada. Canada has been doing pretty good. Uganda, South Africa, Philippines, France, uh, Cayman Islands, Nigeria. Oh, oh, Nigeria is back, okay? And Singapore. Those have been our greatest downloaders in the last 14 days. Please refer other people. Send links to other people. Let the word of God go forth by this and other podcasts. We have over 60 episodes. We glorify God in the name of Jesus. Amen.